Those voices you hear, some 50 or so strong, are from a recent performance by the University Singers, one of many vocal and instrumental groups at UMaine, with their rendition of the Cindy Lauper hit, True Colors. I'm Ron Lisnett, and this is the Main Question Podcast. Formally, there are seven vocal and 11 instrumental groups at UMaine, but the music scene is much bigger than that, with informal groups and performances of all shapes and sizes happening throughout the year. It's a common misconception that you have to be a music major or some sort of virtuoso to take part in any of these groups. In fact, students from any major and a fair number of community members with varying degrees of music experience take part in many of these ensembles. This time around on The Main Question, we take a dive into the music scene at UMaine with Fran Vogt, who directs choral activities, including the university singers, and two members of that ensemble. They've had quite a year with a successful tour of Maine and New England, a world's premier performance, a reunion that brought hundreds of alums back to campus, and an upcoming tour of Italy. Beyond the beautiful music these groups make, they serve as ambassadors for the university wherever they go. In this episode, we pose the question, what's the music scene like at UMaine? Thank you all for joining us. I know you just got out of a rehearsal and it's a hectic time, but we appreciate you visiting with us. So maybe let's start here. If you can just say your name and what year you are and what vocal group you are in, in terms of university singers. Yeah, sure. Uh, My name is Ryan Murray. I'm currently a second year music education student um, with a vocal concentration. And you sing uh, sing tenor? I sing bass. Bass. Okay. How about here? And my name is Dana Reynolds. I am a third year music education student, also with a vocal focus, and I sing alto. Okay. Fran? I'm Francis Vogt, and I'm the director of choral activities here, and I conduct the University Singers and the Oratorio Society. Great. So maybe you can give us the overview uh, in terms of choral groups and the music scene here at UMaine. How many groups, what's the, what's the community like, what's the vibe like? Yep, we have four official groups that are part of the university proper. Um, they can be, in all of these groups can be taken for a class credit or just as a community member. Um, university Singers is the auditioned choir, the other ones are not auditioned. Um, and Singers is the group that tours the most. We take a, a spring tour every year of Maine and other places in New England. Um, and then every four years we go to Europe. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, and then we ha- the Oratorio Society is really the community chorus with um, some current students, but a lot of community members, um, many of whom have been singing in it for, for quite a long time. Um, and that is the group that um, usually does the repertoire of the big pieces with orchestra and chorus. So they will be joining us on our project uh, coming up next week with the Bangor Symphony, the the Beethoven Ninth. We'll talk about that a little later too. Absolutely. And um, then we have the Black Bear Men's Chorus, which is also current students and community members. And then we also have the Collegiate Chorale, which is mostly students, and that's kind of like the um, the every anybody who wants to sing uh, at school can can join that group. Yeah. Now, for each of you, what, what's the vibe like? What's the community like? Uh, is it a is it a collegial environment? Does everybody uh, get along and enjoy each other's company? I would say the singers' environment. One of the great things about singers is not only does it function as a fabulous choir, but we're also kind of similar to a club in a lot of ways like as far as the social aspect we're very close we host like we have banquets and 
you know, celebrations and we do superlatives at the end of the year. So that's something that I think is really special about university singers and contributes so well to our sound is the fact that we're also friendly with each other and we trust each other as musicians. Right. So that's really like important. Mm -hmm. And as like for the whole music department, it's really nice. We're all in the same building for all of our classes. And so you really like, you see the same people around. It's a really strong community feeling around here um, where you can talk to people and relate about your own experiences or talk about concerns you have or help with homework or anything like that. It's a really strong community around here. Um, and we, yeah, we have a good time. That's great. Now you talked a little bit about the different groups and how they sort of differentiate from each other. Mm -hmm. Is there a common misconception that you have to be a music major or minor to take part? Well, we actually do a lot of work in trying to um, eliminate any of that perception. Um, when we go on tour, we are in high schools primarily. Um, and we talk about the fact that all of our ensembles, um, both vocal and instrumental, are open to all majors. Um, even the ones that are auditioned, you know, everyone is welcome to audition. Um, and in the University Singers right now, I would say maybe a third is made up of music majors, a little bit more, and then the rest are actually non-majors. Um, so we're, we, have met, we have many um, uh, majors from all across campus in our ensembles here. Now, I know we're going to talk about the piece coming up in just a little bit here, but can you talk in general about collaborations that uh, these groups at the university have with uh, groups outside the university, like the Bangor Symphony Orchestra? Yeah, we, um, uh, now that uh, we are um, getting back to a more normal post-COVID uh, schedule, um, the tradition has been that every spring uh, the University Singers and the Orator Oratorio Society join the Bangor Symphony for a big choral and orchestra piece. And so that tradition is now going to keep going. Right. Yay! <laughs> Exciting. So let's talk about that next project. Um, I'd like to get you to describe it and maybe you guys to react yeah. to what, what it's going to be like to be part of that. So uh, Beethoven's Ninth, yep. uh, just a, a One little of, small piece of music, right? Small little Nothing piece. Yeah, it's really <laughs> like it's the Mount Everest of the choral repertoire. Really? In many ways. Um, it's really such an iconic piece and has been used, uh, you know, in, in, in many different celebrations across the world um, over the years. Um, and it's a, quite a difficult piece. Um, Beethoven, by the time he wrote it, was completely deaf. And there are many different theories about why he made things so difficult, both for the singers and the in instrumentalists as well. Um, it's quite a challenging score, um, but you know, it's we we've been kind of working on it gradually and methodically, and uh, this coming week we'll we'll have several rehearsals to kind of put, pull it all together. So now, for you that are experiencing performing this, talk about that. Is it exciting, daunting, a little bit of oh, both? It's amazing. It's like, and I mean, the reason the main reason we join groups like this is is for the performance. Like you come together and you and you show off what you've been working on, and I'm just so excited to do it with this this large-scale piece because I personally have never been able to be a part of something like this mm -hmm. um, that's just it's it's massive it's it's colossal and I'm just really excited to have that feeling on stage with the whole orchestra and and a huge choir it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing it's also amazing that this is like the closest thing that you can get to living history and like mm -hmm. being able to transport back in time to Beethoven 
and like his thought process, especially when you, and it's one thing to listen to it and like listen to recordings, but when you open the piece of music and look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, like this guy was crazy. <laughs> and, you, and like when you look at the, Feels and like when we're like learning the music, I'm like, this is insane. And it's so cool to have the opportunity to bring that to life. So, yeah. And both Dana and Ryan are the section leaders of their, of their perspective sections. And um, so they've really been uh, quite helpful in teaching the students the piece. The hardest thing you've ever tried to sing? It's like, like just taxing. It's, it's high for all the vocal parts and it's, it's fast and you have to just be on your game the entire time. I mean, we were kind of talking about it before we started, but yeah, you have to come into it every, every time and just be ready to give it your all and focus. And um, yeah, it's, it's challenging in that regard because it's just mentally you have to be there. Right. Something that's challenging is there's really big jumps. So you go from low in your range to high in your range very quickly. So I think that's a good challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is going to be performed not long after this podcast drops. So uh, I guess listener beware uh, and download this early and, and try to get there. The, mm -hmm. th this is going to be performed when and where? April, Sunday, April 30th at 3 p.m. in the Collins Center. With the Bangor Symphony Orchestra. With the Bangor Symphony. Yeah. And I understand there are only just a handful of tickets left at this point. So wow, that's we'll great. We'll definitely be sold out. That's yes. awesome. I thought maybe we could pause a little bit and get a little taste of what uh, University Singers sounds like. Uh, there was a Good. great concert back in March that I want to ask you about in just a little bit here. But maybe set up this piece for us. What, what are we going to hear and what is your take sort of on how you performed it or why you picked it or, or, or okay. any of that? Great. Um, when I was at the um, American Choral Directors Association conference in 2019, um, one of the uh, uh, organizations that had a table set up in the in the uh, the business like part of the conference, um, they had, were having a drawing, and if you entered this con contest, um, the winner would receive a commission from Eric William Barnum, who is a really famous and very popular choral uh, composer. Um, American he teaches in Iowa and um, we ended up winning so he wrote a piece for the University of Maine Singers and we were scheduled to premiere it in Italy um, when we went in 2020 but of course that trip got canceled and is now finally happening this coming May and so we're gonna we're gonna sing his piece there in the various churches that we're gonna sing in um, and he wrote it specifically for us it's a Latin motet called O Quam Suavis Est all right, let's listen to a little bit of that. Tell us, tell us about this piece, how you think it sounded and how it went. Well, it was really special because I invited back the um, students who had first started learning it in 2019 when we first um, got it. 
And then, as you, everyone knows, you, you know, a lot of what we did was really, um, uh, really curtailed over the last few, three years. Um, and so we finally did the premiere at that concert in March at the Collins Center. So we were joined by, you know, maybe about 10, 15 of the, of the singers who had learned it back, way back then. So it was kind of really a full circle kind of moment. You know, yeah, to nice to really bring them back, piece, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What was it like to perform that piece? It's great. It's really special, and you don't get to do this often, where you are literally the first choir in the world to sing this piece. I mean, most of the, all of the music we do has been performed for sometimes hundreds of years, and, um, but it's really special to be able to take this and, and visualize it for the first time. And for everybody that was in the audience, they're the first audience to see it performed, and that's not something we get to do very often, so it was, it was really cool. It's also really cool to have the alumni join us for that piece, and I feel that when you add different voices, even though one might think that you wouldn't be able to sense that difference, but I think that especially with a piece that's brand new, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but it heightens your awareness of your, your surroundings as a musician very much, especially when you add new people to the mix. So that was really interesting mm -hmm. to add them and then get to perform it for the first time. So this is maybe an under-publicized aspect of university singers or the, the musical groups here at UMaine in general, but uh, is it the case, in particular for university singers, that they sort of act as ambassadors for the university? You tour the state of Maine and beyond, and you're even going overseas, and a lot of people are seeing you perform. Can you talk about that role? Is it sort of similar to what uh, UMaine Athletics does in terms of uh, a branding and marketing for the university? It is very much so. Um, and we primarily, when we go on tour in March over spring break, um, we are in a, many of the public schools or across the state of Maine. Um, and into New England as well. So we are there recruiting uh, future University of Maine students. And so, you know, um, holding up what we do as an example of some of the things that are available to, to students here at the university. That's a really kind of a really special thing because we, we love what we do and to show others, you know, that you could come here and, and be part of this as well. It's and a fair really number good. of students have come here as a result of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Was that oh, the case yeah. for either of you? Absolutely. I mean, most of the people in this music program saw a performance somewhere along the way in high school or one of the many groups mm -hmm. came, to, came, to, sorry, came to their schools and it immediately you're just, I want to be a part of that. And, you know, it, it really is a big turning point in a lot of young students' lives is seeing us perform. It was for me. I saw one of the groups that comes out of Humane Singers is an acapella group called Humane Renaissance. And I saw them on tour. And there's something really special about seeing someone who's passionate about the same thing you are express that in the way that you feel. And so I think that especially now being on tour and seeing that happen and seeing how excited students get when they watch us and our passion it's really special to continue that tradition, you know? And people don't really think about it, but like, the same way for like high school athletes, they think, oh, Alabama has a great football program. I was thinking, I know the University of Maine has a great music program, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna go there because I'll get a great education and also be able to do everything I want. And I mean, I'm in singers, I'm also in like jazz ensemble, so there's, you can really do whatever you want, and it's a really big uh, drawing point for people coming here.
Yeah. Talk about the tours just in general. What's it like to go on tour? And then, like you said, the tour of Italy, that, that every four years tour to Europe is has been a long time coming. Mm -hmm. So touring is, is part of the experience. It is, absolutely. And I think um, uh, the uh, one of the great aspects of education is travel and you know, whether it's it's meeting people in your own state, in your own hometown sometimes, or meeting people around the world, um, it's a really amazing thing. And music really does, is a great vehicle for that, you know, because so many people um, can be really genuinely moved by it. Mm -hmm. And hearing the reaction of complete strangers, like, it's, one, it's wonderful to be here and have like a family, uh, uh, an audience full of family members and everybody supporting you. But it's really another thing of to walk out on stage and have complete strangers who have never heard you before and see their just amazing reaction to what we do. That's, it's so gratifying. Um, and one of the things we'll be doing in Italy is um, sharing a concert program with an Italian choir. So we'll have that experience oh, wow. as well. So. Is touring a favorite part of your experience with this? Definitely. Yeah. It's, my favorite thing about tour is that we start tour with this repertoire of music that we've been working on. And it's at a certain place, and we start tour, and there's something about as soon as you get in front of the audience, everybody just, it's like, it clicks and everybody comes to life, which is so cool and special. And then every stop that we make, we get a little bit better. And then by the end of tour, some of our pieces, it almost feels like when you're in like a, a flow state with it and you're so able to relax into the moment with the music and you can feel at that point that the audience feels that as well. And it's this amazing sensation of like stillness. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I've never been in that flow state, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, right? I mean, we're, we're getting better with our music and also there's a, it's, I'm interested to hear what you think because we, we start the year and we learn all this music, we probably have one concert and it's great and it sounds pretty good and we're having fun, but then we go on tour and you're living with the same people for a week and then by the end, as you can imagine, like the relationships between everybody is so much stronger because mm -hmm. you've, you've lived through the same experience, you went through the same performances and so we come back and all of a sudden I feel like there's a, there's a new energy and everybody is like ready to work together and having fun with each other. And that's what the spirit of singers always has been, is the, the friendships and the, the camaraderie and the family and also making amazing music. So that you're, there's really all, a, a ton of aspects that just come to life from going on a, a week-long tour. I also, oh, sorry, I go also ahead. feel like we become more, something that I love so much about singing is that it's very vulnerable because your instrument is yourself. And I think that over tour, we get to a place with each other where, I mentioned this earlier, you start to trust each other enough where you feel like you can be vulnerable with your voice together, hmm. which hmm. is like a special place to get to. Yeah. So, Fran, you've experienced, you've seen that progression over a tour? Oh yeah, I mean, and when I was their age as well, you know, being on tour with um, my college choir, you, it's the same feeling of, you know, we're all in this together, but we're also sharing like an entire week together um, and that it, you really can tell. I, I'm so glad, Dana, that you brought it up. Like the progression of the music from the first uh, morning that we're on tour to the last concert, it's they, it grows leaps and bounds. And a lot of that is um, 
just how everyone feels more comfortable with mm -hmm. each other and, right. and really, really excited to be part of that group and part of that. In that respect, it is like the athletic teams as well because it really is like a team a team spirit that develops. Yeah, right? you, can, you can't make this work if you're on your own and you don't trust anybody and you're kind of just figuring things out for yourself. You have to yeah. listen and, and be, yeah, again, you have to open up and just mm -hmm. be, be ready to work with the whole group. It's remarkable. I've, I, and Fran, I know you have experience in theater too, but I've always thought the ties between athletics and theater, or in this case, music and performing, they're, they're very similar. Mm -hmm. um, you, you practice the physical, but you also have the team chemistry thing. Right, and right. Yeah, it's remarkable. Uh, there was a great event back in March when you had your spring concert, and uh, one of the big features of that performance was honoring longtime director Dennis Cox, also known as DC. Mm -hmm. Yet uh, hundreds of alums came back from hundreds. as far away yeah. as where? Um, there was someone here from Vienna, Austria. There wow. was someone here from Sweden, and there were several people from the West Coast who came, and then really all parts of the United States. We, when we planned it out, you know, we, it had been a long time since uh, we had had a big alumni event, and I thought it was time to do this, and we thought, oh, maybe, you know, if 50 people come, that would be nice. We had, I think, 250 alumni, wow. um, and then when we all came together with the current singers, we had about 300 people on stage, and DC conducted all of us in, in that program. So it was really an amazing and, and very special event. And it really speaks to how the experiences that people have in University Singers really does affect the rest of their lives, that they would want to make such an effort to travel and you know, be a part of this big alumni gathering. It was really, really special. And the, the, the ties still are still there even decades later. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, at the alumni concert, I, I remember DC talking about the power of setting poetry to music and combining that with a large group of human voices. Mm -hmm. uh, can you speak to that form of communication? What, what's the magic? What's the magic about that? Well, it's that we get to have two completely different disciplines melded into one. So we are all musicians. We're in the music school. But we also have to be students of poetry and literature and the, all of the ideas that that, that then opens up. Um, like, so, for instance, in our tour program this past year, we talked about um, Beethoven and his struggles with um, knowing that he was going to, that he was losing his hearing and the spiritual elements of that. Um, we talked about Leonardo and uh, Leonardo da Vinci devising a plan to create uh, basically the first airplane. We talked about all of these different ideas and then, um, you know, some very uh, standard poetry about love and, and, you know, the worship of God and whatever else it might be. So you get to, you really get to have a cross-section of things. We also had a piece about celebrating Mardi Gras in Haiti. So right. it really, in, I think we sang in four or five, five different languages yeah. on that. So it's, that's another element of it as well, Right. the, the linguistic aspect. So it's, a, it's really a tremendous thing. I, I, you yeah, guys yeah I, mean, I mean, you can see, like, when you have hundreds of people come back that, again, they wouldn't come back if, they, if it hadn't, like, deeply affected them in the rest of their lives. It's, it's when, you're, when you're doing this kind of thing, it it automatically it just like you just connect to it and it becomes really important to, to everybody and um yeah i don't know if you want to was it cool to get to know some of the alums from way back 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. I, um, uh, like I, I mentioned this earlier, but I'm part of a group called Renaissance and we got to sing our alumni song on stage and it was incredible to meet the women who, who founded the group and to be able to bring them back and share in that, you know, sisterhood that we've created. And I think that music is one of those outlets that has an incredible power to connect people. Right. So yeah. mm -hmm. for me, like I, um, both of my parents and two of my aunts were actually in, in uh, university singers. Wow. And so, I mean, that's how I, how I found out about this group at least. And I heard about their stories and, and, the amazing times they had and it just made me want to join and so having them all be able to come and sing this concert with us uh, you know being able to sing with them and also just seeing them react to um, singing under DC again was amazing because I've, I've heard so many great things about him and, and obviously the huge impact uh, he's had on them but to really see it in person and in action is amazing so you got to sing with both your aunts and your parents in, yes. in that performance yeah. and your sister who's and, and my sister is currently in the group yes. oh wow yep. okay family so, reunion family of it really, was, it really <laughs> was that's pretty cool right yep. there it's amazing Fran talk about the alums how, how many have gone into the field of music education or are still involved in performing somehow well when we um, when Danny Williams uh, gave a speech about DC at the concert he he turned to the 300 people on stage and Ask them to raise the, like who who is a music educator or still actively involved in music, and every single hand went up. So wow. the the ripple effect of what happens, you know, week in and week out here, really in fact does spread out over decades of time, and is affecting all the communities where all these people um, are. So most of the, mo I would say that most of the vocal concentration music ed majors are going to eventually like end up being in singers. And then they bring that training and education into the into the work that they do in the public schools when they when they get their teaching jobs and stuff. So it really is it has a profound impact, I think, yeah. on mm -hmm. on our region, really. Now, what years are you? Are you? I'm a third year. Third year. I'm a second year. So uh, you 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 plan on staying involved in music past your college career, I assume. Yes. That's of course. the. That's the plan. <laughs> right. That's the goal. That's the, like, that's the, that's the dream. Yeah. Right. That's great. Being able to, to kind of flip the side of the whole thing. I mean, we've grown up singing for a director or being involved in music somehow, but being able to now be that person to provide that for young students just uh, sounds amazing. It's a privilege, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. So as we wrap up, what's, what's next? New, exciting, what, what's on the horizon? Let's see, well, we are going to Italy, yes. um, finally, after finally. a three-year delay. Um, we leave on the 26th of May, um, and we'll be in Rome and uh, Florence and Venice um, and a town called Lecco. Um, but also, we get to sing in some amazing places. We're gonna, we're gonna sing um, as part of a mass at St. Peter's Basilica wow. in Rome, and then also at the Basilica San Marco in Venice. So. I'm really looking forward to that. So that's the big project. And then, you know, we'll, it'll be a new year next fall and, and see what that brings. Right. So for prospective students uh, who may be listening or their parents or what have you, mm -hmm. uh, when they decide to take a look at this, they can audition for university singers yes, or better. the other groups, <laughs> right? The other groups, uh, some, some of them don't require auditions. But the, the point is, is that if you want to be involved in music, 
there's a way to do it. Oh, Indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Indeed, yes. Um, in addition to the four choirs we have, we have many, um, we, have, we have band, two bands, um, many jazz ensembles, um, an opera workshop uh, uh, class, and what am I forgetting? Lots of different orchestra. chamber music, orchestra. Yeah, there's so much. Um, three three yeah, so groups. Combos. <laughs> if anyone wants, is going to be a student at the University of Maine and is interested in music in really any mm. shape or form, there will be some ensemble for them that, that would love to have them. Music is for everyone. And you, you don't, have to, be, you don't yeah. have to be like a music person to do music. It's a gift to the world and everyone should be able to experience that. It's kind of an assumption that most people do music growing up or in high school and then they go off to, into their college life and they're just, I, I didn't think about it. I didn't know if I didn't know I could. I, I you know, they just don't, they don't think about it. And it's, it's, we just want to make it known that it is so doable and we it is so, so worth it. Yeah. yeah, something for everybody. Yeah. Well, thank you all for uh, sharing sharing your thoughts with us. Appreciate. Thank you. It. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for tuning us in. You can find all eight seasons of the Main Question wherever you get your podcasts: Apple and Google, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, UMaine's website and YouTube pages, as well as Amazon and Audible. Have questions or comments? Send them along to MainQuestion at Maine.edu. This is Ron Lisnett. We'll catch you next time on the main question.